0: Amanda, remember that time Rasputin definitely had a wife and kids?
1: Hello and
0: welcome to the Remember That Time and Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb, and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, I'm throwing it back to Russia, and we're going to talk about Rasputin. Nice. Throwing it back to Russia. Throwing it back. We talked about him a little bit when we talked about the Romanovs, but I just His wanted... life is so much more ridiculous than just his interaction well, with the Romanovs. It's more his being.
1: Yeah. You know? so yeah, His, his um, general existence.
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Um, cool. Would you like a drink update? Of course. Okay, so I'm drinking a red blend wine tonight. Um, the it's, it's night when we're recording. Sorry if it's not night when you're listening. Um, the, the name of this wine I felt was very appropriate. It is called Prayers of Sinners. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's on theme, right? Yes, totally.
1: It's so also, good. the label of that bottle is all like... Mm -hmm. trippy and i feel like that fits
0: too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mom and i love this wine so much that we like bought up the rest of the bottles our local store had because (laughs) we thought they wouldn't get it back i'm drinking water wow water so fun so new so fresh Mm -hmm.
1: also forewarning i am back at school (laughs) which means that there's going to be probably a lot of noise on my end uh, because I don't have air conditioning and I have to leave my window open so I don't die. <laughs> so. And I'm just eating a zebra cake, so you might be going eating <laughs> a little bit. I mean. I don't think it'll be that big a deal, but it might. So, I mean, it's technically know, a zebra case.
0: cake, but it's like themed for fall. Oh, right. Yes. Um, if you don't know what a zebra cake is, it's a little Debbie snack cake and it's just sugar and it's really bad for you. But I'm so hungry. <laughs> Love yourself. Okay, I will. (laughs) So let's talk about Rasputin. Please. So Grigori Rasputin. I think that's the right pronunciation. I know everybody says it differently, but from what I understand from the Russian people that I know, I believe that's the right way to say it. So that's how I'm going to say it. Sorry if it bugs you. (laughs) It's okay. We
1: said Van Gogh wrong a thousand
0: times. Yeah. so. So he is born January 21st, or as our old friend, the old school calendar puts it, <laughs> January 9th, 1869, in a town I cannot pronounce. <laughs> in the Tobolsk? Tobol- no, no, no. That's not the town. Oh. So I didn't even put the town name in my notes because that's how much I cannot pronounce it. <laughs> um, but it's in the Tobolsk province, um, and it's out in Siberia. Oh. And he's christened the following day. He is named for a St. Gregory of Nyssa, Nysa, not positive, um, <laughs> who contributed to the doctrine of the Trinity and the Nicene Creed. So oh, okay. He's the um, saint in the Orthodox Church, um, whose feast was celebrated January 10th, so he was born just before the oh, feast.
1: Oh, Sure. Do you think his parents, like, really didn't know what to name him? And they were like, I don't know, which saint's coming up? <laughs> and they just picked that one. I hope so. <laughs> Man, what do we name this kid? I don't
0: know. What's his name's feast is tomorrow. You want to just do that one? That's what I'm going to do. And if I have a kid that I don't, I haven't <laughs> picked a name for him, maybe like, which saint's feast day is coming up? It's like throwing a dart at a map to decide where you're going to go. Yes. So his father, Efim, I think. Uh, is a farmer and church leader who, and he married his mother, Anna or Anya, depending on how you want to pronounce it, in 1863. They have seven children. All of them, except for Grigori, die in infancy or early childhood. They may have had another child after him, but nobody's really positive about that. But huh. they think it was a girl, but she also didn't live very long. Huh. That's already, like, knowing what we know about
1: this man, what a start to his life. That he was the only one that survived out of his family.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, there there might have been another one. There just isn't a lot of, um, not much is documented about his early life. So, like, right. this person was probably his sister, but nobody seems to know. Really knows. Yeah. So. But still, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh he likely was not formally educated. He's a Siberian peasant. Mhm. Um and he remains illiterate until adulthood. Sure. That was pretty common. Yeah. There were a lot of records of him being like an unruly like troublemaker. Mhm. Um but there so there were stories about he was drinking all the time when he was still, you know, young um sure <laughs> stole stuff you know but there's no real evidence of all of it there were right. lots of stories of him like stealing horses and goodness blasphemy and all that stuff um but who knows if any of that happened my guess probably just based on who he is as a person Right, but it's hard. But to again, say.
1: with the um, sort of name he makes for himself, it wouldn't be surprising if some people decided to fill in the narrative of his childhood right. with that kind of attitude. You know, it's very easy to
0: fill yeah. in that narrative. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So in 1886, Rasputin travels to Abalak, I think, right. uh, where he meets his wife, whose name I also can't pronounce. Awesome, uh, Praskovya. Dobrovina, I think. They are married in February of 1887. He's 19. I don't know how old she is at this mm. point. Um, They have seven children. Only three survive. That's a that's a more common, I guess, hit rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe they were all girls. He definitely had daughters. I don't know if all three of them were daughters, but I think they were. Right. In uh, 1897, 28-year-old Rasputin decides that he's interested in religion again. Sure. <laughs> so he leaves home for a pilgrimage. His he his wife has just had a baby not that long ago. Like they have a baby and his uh-huh. wife is pregnant again. He's like, mm, I'm out bye. Um, <sighs> bye. <laughs> um, <Bud. laughs> so there there's some speculation to the reason that he leaves home. Um some sources say he left the, bil- the village to avoid punishment for stealing a horse, as previously mentioned. <laughs> sure. Some say he had this vision of the Virgin Mary, um, you know, calling to him. Some say he just got into theology after meeting a-, a theological student, and so he decided to take a pilgrimage at that time. It's so interesting because... All of that, I would believe. Like any of
1: those reasons seem exactly right to me.
0: Yeah. Could be anything. Yeah. So he visits the St. Nicholas Monastery in Verratourie, I think. That's not great pronunciation. It's good Um, enough. (laughs) Yeah. Where he meets uh, Makari, an elder of the Orthodox Church. And this is probably where he learns to read and write. Sure. Okay. At this monastery. He later complains about the his stay at the monastery, saying that some of the monks engaged in homosexuality and he criticized the monastic life as too coercive. Alright. So, which is like so interesting to me because yeah. it's like not at all where he ends up. So it just gives you an indicator that maybe he was more strict in his beliefs when he began. Right. A little less like. That's very interesting. Well, this is also interesting. So he returns home. He becomes a vegetarian. He swears off alcohol. He starts praying all the time. Wow. Very different from where he ends up. And doesn't last long. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) He begins living as a stranic. I think that was some pretty good pronunciation. That, that was real solid. Thank you. Um, which is like a holy wanderer, a pilgrim, you know? So he, uh-huh. he leaves home for like months or sometimes years at a time to travel and do various pilgrimages, to wow. see holy sites. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah. M- most people think that he traveled as far as um, Athos, Greece around ni- uh, 1890. I realize I put 19 in my notes. Yes, I, was, I see like, that, that aim right. Probably not then. Yes. So in the night, by the 1900s, Rasputin has gathered a uh, a group of followers, acolytes, who pray with him on Sundays and holy days. Mm -hmm. He's living on his family's property at the time, still, Mm -hmm. like with his family, uh, like with his wife and children. Um, So he builds a makeshift chapel in his father's root cellar, and he holds secret like unsanctioned prayer meetings there this is starting to get a little culty yeah well i mean i think that's common based on where he was you have to remember he's in siberia it's not like there's a ton of structure right so you know there are churches but how big are they how many people are really participating in them and he's already getting this reputation as like this very devout holy man. Right. So people are drawn to kind but of... But that's
1: the thing, the people being drawn to him yeah. And like
0: the secret
1: prayer meetings, like that is where it starts to get a little bit culty. Yeah, well, it's going to get more culty because there
0: starts Fun. to be rumors that his female followers are like washing him before each meeting. Oh, boy. Oh they boy. sing weird songs and like... That Rasputin might have joined the Calisti, which is, like, a sect of um, Orthodox religion um, with, like, really weird rituals, like, self-flagellation, which is, like, oh. whipping yourself, basically, and, like, orgies. Oh, my God. That's wild. Now... There's no proof that he was actually a member of this group. And actually, I think that his daughter later said that he like looked into it, but was like, not for me. <laughs> That's um, so interesting.
1: <laughs> so they, I'm good. Actually, you know what? That's a little too much for me at this point. So I'm good. Thank you. Well,
0: I also think that probably the reason is that the um, Klici, uh renounced the priesthood. And I think at this point, he maybe thought that he still had a chance to get To be, like, Uh, an actual priest in the the normal tradition. Yeah. They renounce the holy books and the veneration of saints, which is, like... And he wasn't, like,
1: ready to do that kind of stuff yet.
0: Yeah, that wasn't really his scene just yet. Huh. So, he's gotten this reputation across Siberia. He's this charismatic man, um... He travels to Kazan between nineteen oh two and nineteen oh four, somewhere in there. And that's where he starts gaining this reputation of being someone who can uh heal you. Not not your physical issues, but like your anxieties and he brings you peace and like resolves your crises. Right. Crises. <laughs> Crisis. Crisis we love plurals. Crisis. 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 Um there are lots of rumors that he's having sex with his female followers some of which are probably very true. Oh, for sure they're true. Like you can speculate about a lot of things with Rasputin but I just don't see how that part is not true. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like the easiest thing to be true. Yeah, you know. Yes, for sure. So, at this point Rasputin is starting to gain some favor with some higher-ups in the church. Including one of the superior abbots and a bishop, who later give him a letter of recommendation to Bishop Sergei, the rector of the St. Petersburg Theological Seminary. And that's how he ends up in St. Petersburg. Oh, okay. So that's sometime between, like, (laughs) again, the timing is we're we're going to have one of those episodes where it's like, I don't know when (laughs) any of this happened. It's like either late, like winter 1903 or or between like 1904 and 1905. Hard <laughs> to say because there are some speculation. We'll get to it in a second. So, <laughs> Rasputin meets um a superior abbot again I'm not going to try to pronounce the official name for it. Um sure. Fan at St Petersburg. This man is super influential. Uh later on he serves as the confessor for the Tsar and Tsarina. So, mm. um this That's man, interesting. Be, yeah, he becomes one of Rasputin's, like, closest confidants. So, November 1st, 1905, this is the first time that Rasputin meets Tsar Nicholas and Tsarina uh, Alexandra. And it all pops off Ugh. starting now. <laughs> well, about. So, he meets them at Peterhof Palace. He's... Rasputin is friends with members of the aristocracy um who are these two women who end up marrying nicholas's cousins um okay so they they he has an in right so they're intro- instrumental in introducing him to nicholas so after he meets them he actually returns home for a while and then he comes back to saint petersburg july of 1906 sure so this is when everything really starts to pop actually off. pops off. <laughs> yeah. So when he I just found this detail interesting and I'm just going to wait for your thoughts on it. OK. OK. So when he returns, he requests a meeting with Nicholas to present him with an icon of Simeon of that word I pronounced earlier. <laughs> I had to find it again because I wrote down the pronunciation. Verhatorie uh, or however you say it. He is a, this is an Orthodox saint who, I'm going to just quote this here. Okay. Believers pray to God asking for St. Simeon for help, consolation, strengthening, correction, treatment of the soul and body, and delivering them from evil. evil. Needy people pray to the saint to escape from death. Okay. Now, does this sound symbolic to you? (laughs) Because it sounds symbolic to me. Uh huh. So, this is interesting be- to me because no one really knows exactly when Rasputin becomes aware of Alexei's condition. So, Alexei is the uh, Tsar and Tsarina's son. He's the heir to the throne. And uh, he's a hemophiliac, if you will recall from our last of the Romanovs episode. And this whole thing comes to be because Alexandra is so convinced that Rasputin can heal her son right so does this not seem that's wild. interesting <laughs> that <laughs> like, is like
1: why like properly like how did wow and so people think that he tried to get him like gave him that icon no. before he they he knew that Alexei was sick i or? don't think
0: people think that i'm saying it's possible ah so anyway i just think it's I, if not intentional symbolic. Yeah. I just found it an interesting detail. So it's hard to say exactly when Nicholas and Alexandra first start like really believing that Rasputin can heal their son. Some people think that he was introduced to them as a healer like this man will take care of it. Some people think that um, he was just asked to pray for Alexei and then the Tsarina thought it was working. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But either way, the royal family, meaning the Tsar and Tsarina, are convinced that Rasputin can heal Alexei's hemophilia. Um, Alexandra, in particular, becomes very attached to Rasputin. Um, and really believes in his powers. And part of this probably comes from her best friend and one of the ladies in waiting. Um, Anya, last name, not pronounceable. Um, <laughs> That's, I, I really
1: like not pronounceable. It's not true, but for us, it
0: absolutely is. I just is. am really going to mess this one up. So I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Um. So she actually is a really strong believer in Rasputin and is like, one of his biggest advocates Uh uh-huh um and has a lot of influence over alexandra so it's totally possible that she's the one continually saying like no it'll work it'll work it'll work right um i have had
1: raspoutine suck in my head this entire time every time you bring up a detail from the song it gets stuck in my head all over again (laughs) <laughs> i listeners I'm sure this is happening to you too so we're all on this together <laughs> I mean if you know the song some people might not that's true if you don't go listen to it it's the most
0: <laughs> yeah it really is so like we said before it's not really known when Rasputin actually becomes aware of Alexei's condition so he might have known as early as October 1906 mm-hmm. and may have been summoned by Alexandra to pray for alexei um in 1906 alexei had a an internal hemorrhage um oh sorry it was actually 1907 and he recovered the next morning and a lot of people think that that is when she first asked Rasputin to pray for him and then because it worked she started Mm -hmm.
1: believing that he was doing something
0: yeah yeah and here's a prime example of how that worked So, in summer of 1912, Alexei develops a hemorrhage in his thigh and groin after a carriage ride that, like, jolted him around. Okay. Right? Um, So, Alexandra asks her friend Anya to write to Rasputin, who is back in Siberia right now in this point of the story, um, and asks him to pray for Alexei. Rasputin replies this, in quotes... God has seen your tears and heard your prayers. Do not grieve. The little one will not die. Do not allow the doctors to bother him too much. Two days after Alexandra gets that letter, Alexei's bleeding stops. So she, of course, is convinced. Oh, he's done it. Yeah. He performed a miracle.
1: Huh. Which is also, that's really wild to think about because it's like, oh, two a- days after she got the letter, it magically fixed it. But he wrote that a long time before she it. Well, received. I guess it was,
0: sorry, it was technically, I think, the day after she got the letter. So it's like two days after he wrote it, I think. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, that that's wild to think that, like,
1: oh, this, uh, this occurred f- uh, five days ago. And I wrote a letter and he wrote one back. And then two days later, it magically fixed it like that. But
0: he wasn't bleeding
1: for that long. But
0: right. And it's hard to say why it actually stopped, why the bleeding actually stopped. Some people think that, like, because this caused Alexandra to sort of send the doctors away, that Alexei was just able to rest. Rest, And not be stressed out. And that caused mm-hmm. him to heal faster, which is totally sure. possible. And probably the sure. most likely, in my opinion. Or
1: just the nature of that particular injury wasn't that severe and it healed on its own. Like, yeah, but
0: not severe and severe is like, it's such a thin line with hemophilia. Yeah, but like could get a saying, little this bruise. particular
1: one might not have been and it just happened to heal in this time frame, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and he was still pretty young at this point. So it's not like he's at the point where, you know, his immune system can still fight back a, a bit. Right. Sure. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> um, but my guess is that there was just less stress without the doctors around and that allowed him to get rest and heal better. Right. But according to Alexandra, mystical. Yes, of course. Um, So, Rasputin obviously gains a lot of influence in court. He's very close to Alexandra. He's with her a lot. Um, Nicholas actually appoints him as his lamplighter, which is Mm -hmm. the person who makes sure all the lamps that burn in front of the icons in the palace stay lit. So he's in physical close proximity all the time. He's in the palace basically daily at this point. At one point, uh, Rasputin wants to change his name to Rasputin Novi, which is Rasputin New. I don't know why. Um, I did not get that information. so weird and so wild. But this is a good example of how much influence he had because... Nicholas basically fast-tracks it. He's like, yes, whatever you want. And he just, like, makes it happen. Stuff like that doesn't For something as simple – I mean, not
1: simple, but as simple as changing his name.
0: Trivial, really. Just get it done. Yeah, Yeah.
1: trivial,
0: yeah. But he gets it done, because that's what Rasputin wants. Um, Uh, Wow, that is quite an interesting position to uh, be in. (laughs) Yeah, so he starts collecting bribes, accepting sexual favors, you know, he's – He's getting what he wants. He is no longer that man
1: who got mad at the monks Uh and stopped drinking alcohol.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is true. But, of course, he's very controversial amongst not only the public, but the rest of the aristocracy and the rest of the royal family. The royal family already was kind of iffy on Alexandra, like Nicholas's mother, because Alexandra's German. Right. So there are already kind of like, I don't know about her. But as you may recall from the Romanovs episode, Nicholas was in love with her. He was not going to marry anybody else. Yeah. So already she's not super popular. Um, And now she's brought in this man who's basically running the joint and who she just trusts blindly. So the rest of the royal family is not a fan. They accuse him of heresy. They accuse him of rape. He's... Drunk in public a lot. Um, A lot of the public believes that he has an affair with Alexandra. Right. A lot of people, there were some, like, documentaries that I watched that – posited that he may have raped the princesses as well because he oh, spent so God. much time around these yeah. young girls yeah um i don't know that there's any proof of that but based on the relationship that alexandra had with her daughters it, it's not far-fetched no, to believe no because i don't again you might recall from our last episode alexandra um and her daughters at some point are quite separated even yeah. though they all live in this house where it's away from the rest of court. They have a weird relationship. Yeah, the daughters are very protected. They have to stay inside all the time. But once Alexei starts getting sick, Alexandra is very detached from them because she's very depressed. She becomes a bit of a hypochondriac. She doesn't really see them much. And Rasputin just has free reign of the place, basically. So right. it's, not, it's not a far-fetched idea.
1: hmm Wow.
0: Yeah, he that's has a very wild. strained relationship with the Orthodox Church, as you Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder why. Probably because, you know, he, he believes in that mysticism that a lot of the Orthodox officials are like... Mm, Start to shy away from. Far. Yeah. Um, he doesn't believe in the dependence on the clergy for salvation, so that's right. a big one. He also has this belief that sin and repentance... Are like intertwined. So, what he claims and what he believes is that you must sin and then repent to therefore reach salvation. Okay. So, so he's just must, making excuses for yeah, all of his garbage. You have to drink. You have to have a lot of sex. You have to, <laughs> you know. Wow, bud. Do all these hey. illegal things. So, hey, that. Bud? <laughs> Yeah, so that you can then say, oh, I'm so sorry, and now I'm saved. Wow. Yeah. That was, like, his main thing, actually. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So, Rasputin is also very opposed to war. He uh, writes to to Nicholas more than once to say, like, probably shouldn't get involved in any of that <laughs> um which in hindsight might have been kind of true <laughs> just because nicholas was not good at the military stuff. he was sure kind was of, not <laughs> he wasn't good at a lot of things but that was probably number <laughs> one um not good so during world war one alexandra Again, not super popular. And now the public is starting to get kind of nervous because she's German. And people think she's like a German spy. and uh, They don't like him. Uh, Mm -hmm. They don't like her. And so Nicholas is away leading his army. And Rasputin is not on the front lines. Actually, he (laughs) offered to go and Nicholas told him no. Nicholas was like, no. Because because Nicholas believes he's here to heal his son. And if something happens to Rasputin, then... They're screwed. Yeah. So he tells him not to go. So that means Nicholas is at home with Alexandra, just whispering in her ear. Rasputine. You said Nicholas, I think. I did. Uh, I think whatever. Rasputin is home with Alexandra. I think I said Rasputine. Whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. You knew who I met. Yeah. Um, so you know, he's convincing her to fill governmental positions with candidates he picks. And this becomes really interesting because the The political dynamic at this point is starting to change in Russia. The public is starting to not only become disillusioned with Rasputin and Alexandra, they are disillusioned with Nicholas and the monarchy as a whole. Right. They're starting to think that maybe the czar should not have absolute power because look what Nicholas is doing with it. It's not that he's being irresponsible with it. It's just that he's not good at it. Yeah. So, should we keep giving power to someone just because they're born? Just into like it? anyone. Yeah. Right. So, and that's a lot more complicated. The politics of it. Oh my god, it's like insane. Um, very interesting to read about, but a lot to go into for right now. <laughs> um. So, this is like the public and the media start to to use Rasputin's relationship with Alexandra to say, like, all right, do you really want? this you know like Mm -hmm. maybe the czar should give up his absolute power maybe he should separate church and state because this is what's happening with the way that it is right and rasputin oh the idiot that he is (laughs) often often has public fights with the clergy. He goes out and gets drunk and brags oh, about how much influence he has. And oh, like, my God. I, do, you know, the Tsarina is going to do basically whatever I tell her to do. You know, it's so bad. It's so bad. He dug his own grave a little bit. Yeah. There. So Rasputin, because he's technically a member of court. Is under constant surveillance by the Okhrana, which is the secret police uh, uh-huh. in Russia at the time. His movements are noted in what they call staircase notes, which are not only given to the Tsar, but they're also published. That's it, like in newspapers. So I I will link, because I found these and I read them. I'm not going to go over, like, because there are a lot of them. I'll link them, like, on our Twitter if you are interested in reading them. Um but they're interesting. Because huh. a lot of them are just, he came home with a bunch of wine. <laughs> He's drunk again. Somebody came over to his house. They drank a bunch of wine. You know? January
1: 17th, Rasputin spent 50 minutes in the public
0: baths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of that. But then but are, whether he went there alone or with someone has not been ascertained. <laughs> yeah, but then there are a lot that are like... um You know, conversations they overhear him having or noting Mm. the people that are coming to visit him. Um, There is one in there that quotes him like saying, I wrote to the czar and I told him not to do whatever, like something about the war. I can't remember. Oh, that's Um, really interesting. So it's very interesting. These are wild. Yeah. That I think it will give you more of an insight into like what he was like when he was in St. Petersburg. Um, right, mostly drunk, <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, having government officials bring
1: him wine. To yeah, then get very drunk. And then
0: at at one point, it, there is one in there that says like he's he stopped giving his letters to like officials to send. He's huh. sending them himself. Um, it's very interesting. It's really interesting. So. July 12th, or in the old style, June 29th of 1913, there is an assassination attempt on Rasputin. A 33-year-old peasant woman attempts to assassinate him by stabbing him in the stomach outside of his home. His home home in Siberia. Um, he They don't think he's going to make it, but he goes to surgery and, he, and then he's okay. Um, I did not
1: realize that he had uh, an assassination attempt before the The assassination. Ones
0: yeah that was yeah and i read about the whole intent behind it it was like this other um kind of uh like rebel leader you know whatever like church leader who like was disillusioned with the church but was kind of doing his own thing like uh, this she was supposedly one of his followers but she said she like acted alone It's, it's a whole thing but anyway he was stabbed and he didn't die. <laughs> interesting, so, that. <laughs> so that leads us to the assassination. Oh, my God. Here so,
1: we go. This is my very, very favorite thing about this man's life. It's it so is
0: interesting. Unbelievable. So I think that not a ton of people who haven't like actually read about it I don't know that many of them know that it was actually members of the royal family that assassinated, carried out the assassination of Rasputin. So um, I find that very interesting because truthfully... It probably would have happened eventually. He would have been killed, if not this way by someone else, or well, exactly. At the somebody very least, an, somebody made an attempt
1: just before this one, so like yeah.
0: eventually it would have happened. Or at the very least, he would have been executed with the family, right? When yeah. that happened, but anyway, so December nineteen sixteen, a group of nobles gets together. They are led by Prince Felix Yusupov who is the name you will know if you know about the assassination of Rasputin, um, Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, and a right-wing politician <sighs> whose last name I'm definitely going to mess up. His first name is Vladimir. Easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pirishkovich, I think. That sounds great. <laughs> so they um, they gather the plot to, to assassinate Rasputin at Yusupov's Moika Palace. Mm-hmm. So... Not a lot is actually known about the assassination. So you probably know a story of the assassination, but what actually happened at the palace is... Largely unknown. Largely unknown. What we know about it and the most widely accepted telling of the story is actually from Yusupov's memoirs. Okay. So what I'm about to read is like a kind of bullet point step by step, and it mostly comes from uh, Douglas... Smith the historian Douglas Smith's uh Rasputin Faith Power and the Twilight of the Romanovs. So if you're interested in like reading the the full account that's a nitty the place to find it. Yeah, but I'm just going to kind of break it down from his writing. So okay, here we go. So, according to Yusupov's telling of it in his memoirs, Yusupov lures Rasputin into the basement of the palace shortly after midnight. Rasputin is given tea and cakes. Which are laced with cyanide. At first, he refuses to eat them, but then, but then he starts uh, partaking, but doesn't seem to be affected by the poison. Oh my! It's, it's, so then, oh. Rasputin asks for some Madeira wine. This has also been poisoned. <laughs> he drinks three glasses oh and God. still is not affected. So. so oh my i like that you're freaking out this is like not even the wild part i yet. know
1: it's just art. Three glasses <laughs> of backup
0: poison yeah oh. well okay but we, don't get too freaked out by the poison thing yet we'll, we'll loop back around to it so 2 30 a.m yusupov excuses himself to go upstairs that's where the rest of the conspirators are waiting um and probably is like uh <laughs> This bro will not die. Will not so, die. So he takes a revolver from Pavlovich, goes back to the basement, and this is in quotes, and I think it's straight from um, Smith's writing. Um, and referring to a crucifix that is in the room, told Rasputin that he'd better look at the crucifix and say a prayer. <laughs> oh, Shoots dang. Rasputin once in the chest. What a line! <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, The conspirators believe Rasputin is dead. So they drive back to his apartment. They put someone else who was with them um, in Rasputin's coat and hat so that it looks like Rasputin returned home that night. So that if people see them, they say, oh, Rasputin, he's there. He went home. Right. So that people think, yes, he was at their house, but then he went home. They go back to the basement. Yusupov is checking to see if Rasputin is dead. Rasputin leaps up and attacks Yusupov, oh who manages to get away and flee upstairs and outside. Oh my god. Rasputin so follows Yusupov to the courtyard. This is where he's <laughs> shot by Purishkevich uh twice, I think. I hate and then he falls into a snowbank. And now he has, he is now dead. Officially. Officially. They wrap him in a cloth, they drive him to uh, Petrovsky Bridge, and they drop him into the Malaya-Nevkil River. Oh, wow. Rasputin dies of three gunshot wounds, one being a close-range shot to the head, on December 30th, or in the old style, December 17th, 1916.
1: That is... Fuck wild. I know! Not only did they have a bunch of backup plans
0: no, in place. No, but here's the thing, Amanda. They didn't have a backup plan in place. They thought the cyanide was going to work.
1: I Just like, how did it not kill him? Oh, man. I, I have also heard this story involving him being stabbed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll get to that here in a second. That is... I just—that's so wild. Yeah, yeah, it is wild. Had he not—he refused to die. Well, okay,
0: but hang on. <sighs> oh no! So rumors start to circulate of Rasputin's death very quickly, very huh. quickly. Like, so this happens super early hours of the morning, and huh. that day people are already talking about Rasputin being dead. Huh. They start an investigation, and by that afternoon, a newspaper has already reported it. Oh, my gosh. So two workmen find blood on the railing of the bridge, and that's how they decide they're going to search the area. So on January 1st, or in the old style, December 19th, Rasputin's body is found under the ice in the river. Oh, wow. They pull him out. You can see pictures of it. It's really gross. There's one sitting next to me in a book right now. It's, like, disgusting. Um, So they pull him out, and Dr. Dmitry kosorotov That's a lot of O's in that name. Yeah. um, Performs an autopsy. So the official report uh, is lost, Uh but he states later that... um, Rasputin's body had injuries that may have been sustained post-mortem. Okay. So that is probably where the rumors get started that he was also bayoneted, because that's the general rumor, was that right. he wouldn't die after the shots, so they bayoneted him. But they were post-mortem, so... It, but why would he have stab wounds post-mortem? I don't know. That's a good question. That's but also, weird. We don't know that that's true because this guy said it, but his official report is lost. So right, that right. C- you know how the human memory is absurd. Like, he maybe not even ever wrote that down. Because right. we know he has a stab wound because he was stabbed previously. So, it, oh, you know, maybe he's just misremembering right. it. Maybe it was just a rumor. Hard to say um he the doctor found a single bullet in the body that was too mangled to trace Wow! and he didn't find evidence that rasputine had been poisoned excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry what yeah he was poisoned twice well but that's according to yusupov's account. So but still. <laughs> that's what I'm saying though. It's so hard to know. Did Yusupov just say all of this like he just wouldn't die so we had to shoot him or because he was trying to build up a good story for his memoirs or did that really happen and the doctor is just misremembering or you know Or did it really happen and then they
1: didn't find poison in his body, well, which is equally fascinating. I don't really think that's
0: possible. <sighs> Wow. But they did say that there was no water in his lungs. So the idea didn't drown. that pe- that he was thrown in the river before he was dead, which was also a rumor, was disproven was pretty quickly. There was right. no water in his lungs. So <laughs> that's how Rasputin died. Wow. That is buck wild. I know. So he's buried January 2nd, or in the old style, December 21st. Why uh, is it
1: that all of the new style calendar dates are a day away, but all the old style are two? Are like two. I don't know. That's
0: I don't really under- weird. I don't understand how the old style calendar works, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Um, at a small church that Anya previously mentioned uh, had been building. So huh. he's buried at that church. Only the royal family and some, like, close friends or whomever, whatever you want to call them, are there. Rasputin's wife, mistress, and children are not invited. What? But what? some... Douglas Smith, I believe, also said that um, the daughters did later meet with the royal family, like, the okay. same day. Um, and March of 1917, after the royal family is... Uh, after the czar abdicates they exhume his body and the soldiers burn it because they don't want his bear his resting place to become like a rallying point for people to, who oppose the new like regime right wow and can i tell you a real fun fact really quick before of i course. get to the very last thing i wanted to do uh-huh. um his daughter maria actually ended up moving somewhere I can't remember and she became a dancer and a lion tamer in the circus wow which is not at all what you would expect (laughs) that's dope (laughs) but um I just want to read this one thing that I just feel like really sums it up so this is from a book by Michael Kerrigan a dark history of Russia crime corruption and murder in the motherland Mm -hmm. and it says this such was Rasputin's reputation that the story grew in the telling, his uncanny resilience and ill omen for an imperial Russia apparently hurtling towards its own death. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is really accurate. Yeah. <laughs> also, his face is on the cover of this book, and I can't look at it. He's He is terrifying to he look is at. very scary looking. If you've never seen an actual
1: picture of him, like, mm-hmm. please, please go look it up and just be like horrified his
0: eyes they just bore right into you yeah it's really scary so that's Grigori rasputin oh that was really interesting i'm glad you found
1: it so weird weird man who lived a really weird life and had a really weird death
0: (laughs) yep yeah everything about him was just so strange I am so interested to know that, again, you know, sometimes I bring up on this podcast, like, that's a question I would ask if I could speak to someone who is no longer alive. I want to know what actually happened.
1: Yes, I want to know if he really was poisoned and didn't
0: die. Yeah. And if he was poisoned, why didn't the cyanide affect him? Because yeah. cyan- cyanide is pretty fast acting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he is the kind of just like weird mythic type of man that like would build up some sort of immunity to you know <laughs> what I mean like he was Wallace
0: Shawn in The Princess Bride he's a, yes or, exactly that was the exact reference I was tra- gonna make training himself to oh man wait was that him up. or is that the uh, Wesley it ma- was Wesley, Wesley does, that. does that Wesley builds up a a tolerance yes so should we do a little Google autofill for Rasputin yeah sure okay was Rasputin evil. That's an interesting question. That is a very interesting question. Depends on your definition He was not
1: of the villain from the film Anastasia.
0: <laughs> he was I'll not an not un- He was not an undead mystery man whose body was falling apart. With a bat sidekick. And then I'd kick her, sir. <laughs> it's one of my best impersonations. It's very good. Mm. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I I mean Was he evil? I just think he was... Not a good person? Yeah, I just think he was selfish and power-hungry. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make him evil, I guess, some people's definition? Hmm. Was he the devil as he was made out to be? I mean, probably not. Yeah. Did he really think he was helping Alexei? Also, probably not. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And if all the stories of, like rape or true then yeah he's evil. then he was definitely evil yeah but we just don't know but i mean it's likely so yeah. I, I guess yeah i guess he's evil <laughs> um was rasputin a healer well probably not <laughs> <laughs> likely no he didn't know anything about medicine so i'm gonna say no <laughs> was rasputin poisoned Ooh, we've just discovered we might not know. we might
1: not know i like to think so i like to think God. that he just wouldn't die
0: yeah, well, that adds to the mystery of the man, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was Rasputin a communist? Uh, no. No, this was <laughs> pre-communism. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Did he inspire communism? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Uh, was Rasputin illiterate? Yeah. Early in m- his life. Most of his life, probably. Fascinating man. Yeah. Oh. Well. That's what I got on Rasputin. It's very interesting. I'm He's glad you think weird. so. He's very weird. He's a very interesting person to read about because you do kind of read the same thing over and over again, but I don't it's one of those that it's like the more I read it, the less I'm convinced I actually know what went down. And yeah. I
1: not very <laughs> Every time you learn a new fact, it disproves something else and then you just feel like you'll never know. It's just it's just one of those mysteries. Yeah, for sure
0: you know yeah so interesting totally well i hope you found it interesting listeners yeah. if you have something else you'd like us to talk about or if you have questions or comments you can email us at remember that pod at com, or you can tweet at us at rtt pod um please uh leave us a rating and review on itunes or yeah wherever you listen to podcasts um i mostly like reading your reviews unless they're mean but even then it's like (laughs) all right fine whatever it's not for you it's cool um you can find me all over the internet twitter and instagram and that's basically it at the real anna (laughs) web and i'm at acw nerdfighter kilt it
1: yeah do you know what you're talking about next time i absolutely do not great I come up with, like, a new idea every other day, and then I'm like, I actually don't want to do that next time. And then I just can't
0: decide, so. I do that, too. I do that, too. Yep. All right. Well, well, you don't know what's going to be next, but uh, until next time, remember that time.